0: we're doing this whole episode the idea as it was pitched to me is we're doing a fuck eulogy it's from the bugle yeah which was a very good podcast that john oliver and andy saltzman did back in the day like when he was still on the daily show but not a big deal and it was it was really really good obviously john oliver not exactly what he used to be you know
1: nope Uh, And they they did the original Fuck Eulogy for uh, Muammar Gaddafi
0: Yeah they did a couple of
1: them And like
0: that was really Oliver with nothing to lose I understand like now He's extremely rich and famous And I'm happy for him succeeding Frankly his stand up Was always really good Like he deserves it But like when you have Wives and kids And an HBO salary Like that is not The John Oliver That I knew back in the day Like the John Oliver From The Bugle I don't even know If they're still available but if you want to see the comedian at his absolute best, that was him. Like, so just goes to show: never have kids, don't get married, uh, don't have success, don't have success, don't date or fuck or leave your apartment on non-raid cycles. Just hold your nut and die <laughs> a funny person. That's the fucking
1: answer. There you go. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a a combo of that, and then um, the second book in the series for Ender's Game is called Speaker for the Dead. Yeah. And then a similar conceit in there. And the idea of a speaker for the dead, someone who talks about the dead person with no attempt to try to put a shine on it and say they're incredible. And it's just a real straightforward. Here's all the shit that they did. So similar conceit. So that's what this episode is about. This is going to be a uh, fuck eulogy for David Koch. Uh, a lot of it is going to be about the Koch brothers. Genuinely, generally because they uh, David and Charles Koch have been basically tied at the hip for the last 50 years now
0: damn i wish they Uh. were dead (laughs) oh well one of them is buddy oh man anyway david coke yeah i keep i always i always want to say koch that's a new york thing because koch was like this amazing like outspoken extremely corrupt extremely gay (laughs) loves movies new york mayor which like that's color you know yeah that's
2: about right yeah, yeah that, that's that tracks lot. that tracks he had a
0: movie twitter account where he'd be like super bad what more is there to say okay thank you <laughs> mr mayor
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he ruled his thing that's whereas awesome. de blasio is like i don't talk to anyone ever because my brain's too big i don't have time to talk to you Koch would just walk around the street and like go into bodegas and be like, hey, folks, how am I doing? And they'd be like, who the fuck are you? He's like, I'm the mayor. And they'd be like, "Ah, well, you're in a bodega for no reason at 2 p.m., so probably bad. And he's like, ah, that's feedback, baby. And then he'd walk away. (laughs) (laughs)
3: He
0: died recently. Uh, Cool guy. Cool guy. Lifted up some uh, feminist voices back in the day as beards, but, you know, that's, that's the 70s, baby. Anyway, <laughs> on to uh, uh, a worse cotch, a Coke. Uh, Coke. A
1: much, more, much, much, much more evil person. David oh, and Charles, yeah. right? Because the third one's yep. a, a cowboy. So, so there's four, which I'll explain. Um, but we'll start with their dad.
3: Mm. So Damn, dad,
1: sounds
0: like me last night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so Fred Coke, the progenitor of these fucking monsters, started off in Texas. Uh, his there's not a ton, none about uh, the family before that, but they had a decent amount of money. So Fred Koch got to go to MIT. He ended up developing this method. uh, became a chemical engineer, developed this method for refining petroleum. That was better than essentially anything on the market. And when he went, he patented it. And when he went to sell it, uh, this was in the twenties. So when he went to sell it, every company around could do whatever they wanted. Right. That carte blanche it was the roaring twenties. Mm. Uh, they all shut him down. So we got tons of lawsuits to tie him up. It basically scared away all his business. So he couldn't get any work. So he decided being a true mercenary piece of shit that he was going to go wherever he could to sell his, uh, his oil refining. Uh, and he had gotten a loan from his father to start this oil business. So we're multiple generations back and we're already getting loans to start businesses. Just, just so everybody's on the same page here, the Mitt Romney way. Yep. So he the first place he goes is to the Soviet Union to help Stalin. Because Stalin is so fucking desperate at this point. Uh, and they keep finding out that half of the Westerners who are trying to help them with their oil industry are in
0: fact spies. Damn, dude. Shock. Fucking the Koch collaborating with Stalin, fucking not cool Stalin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is which is my favorite <laughs> new character, not cool Stalin. <laughs> Hey guys, check out, (laughs) check out the new Georgian kid. He said, he says he can, he can do a kickflip and then everyone gets together and Stalin's like, watch. And he can't even fucking Ollie. That's not cool. Stalin. (laughs) That'll be a recurring (laughs) character
2: that you cannot escape. Stalin in the story gets much better.
0: But that
1: look—that's
2: most Stalin stories. Uh,
1: Brad, go ahead. So, what happens after Fred Koch shows up to start
2: helping Stalin? So Fred Koch helps build their oil refineries and get them off the, you know, the fucking ground. Because at that point, you know, they were a generation out from being mud farmers, and uh, Stalin just stiffed him, <laughs> like basically said, "Yeah, no, we're not going to pay you. Fuck off. Thank you for your help."
1: Exactly. So he ended—he still ended up making some money off of it through the years, but uh, the contracts were for like ten times what he took home because Stalin totally dicked him over and that is how you spawn a supervillain ladies and gentlemen
2: right but like he but like where he went next you
0: know I I like to imagine Stalin after getting dicked over by Hitler was like fine I'm fucking done with commitment I understand how these mercenaries are and and coke like calls him up like hey Stalin got a lot of petroleum for those old uh, T-45s and he's just like, oh, fuck, fuck. I don't get the confidence. What would Hitler do? What would Hitler do? Sure, I'll pay you $10 billion for that oil. And Coke is somehow dumber than Hitler and Stalin. So he goes like, like he holds the receiver. <laughs> and he's just like, guys, I think we got him to everyone in his office.
2: <laughs> he's sitting there like in Amarillo, Texas or wherever the fuck he was based out of. It's like this Stalin guy. I think we can work with him. It's boiler room. And, and like the person has his hand over the phone. And he's like, his name's
0: Stalin. He's a Georgian. I think this is a great long term investment opportunity. We're and going just- to
2: Atlanta, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, the best Stalin story is he uh, he's working at a factory and the boss, when he was in his youth, and uh, the boss says, Listen, if the factory ever catches on fire and you put out the fire, I'll pay you time and a half to help put it out. So Stalin sets the factory on fire and uh, <laughs> all of his friends like put it out and they're like, hey, where's our money? And the, uh, the fucking boss is like, fuck you, assholes. I know this was you. So Stalin organizes a protest and they're going to like march on the factory. The, the boss gets the army to shoot and Stalin says they won't shoot us and gets everyone to charge while he just like pisses off around a corner and hides. Soldiers shot down all of his friends and murdered them, and he ends up becoming a political hero. So uh Stalin, as ruthless as he was, you know, <laughs> you gotta respect the game. <laughs> it's a true fucking story, by the way. Damn, I, I
0: can't believe me. I can't believe Stalin came up with a half-assed version of socialism that just got everyone killed to absolutely no effect other than his own personal aggrandizement. <laughs> Unbelievable, out of character for him, huh? <laughs>
1: uh so after so so after stalin partially stiffed coke uh he did get some money out of that so he goes and builds one of the largest oil refineries in nazi germany which ended up uh so here's the quote for you and the hamburg oil refinery built by a Winkler Coke company, became key, according to several German historians I talked to, to Hitler's war efforts. By the time they built it, it was already clear that Hitler had very major military ambitions, but one of the things he was unable to do was to refine high-octane oil for warplanes. What this plant did was create that capacity and eventually supplied much of the fuel that was needed for Hitler's Luftwaffe.
2: In Fred Koch's defense, the uh, the Luftwaffe sucked ass in World yeah, War II. That that so, was really uh, don't at me World War II. Don't nerds.
0: advertise that shit. It'd be like being like the official sports drink provider to the Cleveland Browns. Pop up a Powerade. <laughs> <laughs> so after Fred Koch pulled
1: his best uh, Milo Minderbinder and sold to both the Nazis and the Soviets, he eventually made it back home. But during that whole time, he had. Uh, become virulently, virulently anti-communist and anti-socialist. And in in 1938, he wrote that the, quote, the only sound countries in the world are Germany, Italy, and Japan. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Charles and Frederick, the oldest sons were put in the hands of a German nanny who was described by other family members as just a fervid Nazi. This is she amazing. was so she was yeah. so devout a supporter of Hitler that after five years of working for the Koch family, she left of her own volition in 1940 when Hitler entered entered France because she wanted to celebrate with the Führer. Well, <laughs> <Bro>, that's
0: <laughs> that's the problem with these mercenary ass bitches. It's like there's always a bigger fascist, you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: Yeah, so like you know, it's really interesting. We're saying like obviously they're they're fucking animals, and we're talking about like their dad was an open, you know, openly sympathetic towards Nazi Germany, and they were raised not necessarily
0: uh, a problem, right? Since that's where I'm
2: going, like because like you know, if you were you know there was there's a whole thing about like they don't put Nazis as bad guys in the movies anymore because they're like well you know people don't really think that the way anymore, and we're just sort of saying like listen, his dad liked Nazis, and his nurse was a Nazi. And, like, we can't just say that anymore and it'd be assumed that, like, these guys are fucking bad because, like, 30% of random people that would listen to this would be like, well, I mean, what's wrong with Nazis? You know, what what do you got to say? Oh, shit.
0: You're (laughs) right. You know what? Every once in a while I forget that, like, you could not release Indiana Jones in the current era. And No, absolutely not. And, like, I I live in that moment sometimes for hours. And I'm brought back to this podcast by Brett and I'm fundamentally unhappy. So, <laughs> anyway, so this is this is Fred Coke.
1: This is the father of David Coke. Uh, a few more things. So, this is all in the 20s and 30s. Eventually, he makes it back to the U.S. with the pile of Nazi gold that he's gotten. That's normal. And, uh,
0: Usually, by the time you're through the 20s and into your 30s, you're going to have at least some Nazi gold, right? <laughs> at least. So then, in
1: uh, 58, he was actually one of the 11 founding members of the John Birch Society. Which, for those who don't know, is an organization that accused uh, pretty much everyone, including Dwight Eisenhower, of being communists.
2: Oh, they they were also uh, huge advocates of first-strike nuclear uh, strategy. Yep. You know, what if
0: instead of the, the John Birch Society, it was the John Bitch Society? And it's only for those Philly broads. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm going to check the podcast analytics to see if anyone listens from Philly and I expect a thank you note handwritten delivered to my office no one else in the universe cares a fuck about John as a term. I know you're trying to make it happen for like the last 30 years. It's not going to happen. So it's not happening. It's, it's too weird. It doesn't make any sense. And it sounds like the most common name in the world. Rethink it Philly. And by the way, Take that advice and apply it to your entire political system because you just defanged the DA that was democratically elected. So, you know, you got some work to do, Philly.
1: So Fred Kovke helped establish John Birch Society. He also wrote admiringly of Benito Mussolini's suppression of communists in Italy. Uh, And then when he talked about the American civil rights movement, he said, quote, the colored man looms large in the communist plan to take over America. Welfare was a secret plot to attract rural blacks to cities, where they would foment a vase, a vicious race war.
0: Oh fuck, that's a, so
2: that's that's a good all,
1: idea. Fuck. So Fred Coke here. So, so uh, that's the father
2: yeah, of these people. And keep in mind, like the, the John Burr Society, like got a guy uh, on the Republican ballot for president in 1964 who was so fucking crazy that all the psychiatrists in the country came out and said, this dude is fucking nuts. Do not vote for him. And it was so effective that they had to make their own fucking rule within like the, you know, American Academy of psychiatric, you know, whatever's, uh, to say like, we cannot talk about presidents cause we just like fucking knife this crazy asshole in the back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cut, yeah. cut to 1943 or whatever. Uh, one of them just uh, Alright, well, I'm sure of one thing As a man of letters and science This will never come back To kick the American people
2: in the ass <laughs> 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 No will <laughs> never elect someone like Barry Goldwater again oh, oh. Or someone worse, yeah Oh man
0: Yeah man, our times right now are so fucked up Anyway, that scientist just walked by Four colored water fountains To go to his whites-only bathroom <laughs> Our nation sucks <laughs> uh so that's that's fred coke the father
1: he had four sons uh another frederick charles then twins and that's david and william coke so the one we're talking about is david frederick the oldest uh is considered an open secret that he was gay so at some point in his 20s this is the sort of family they are trying to give you a little color here all four of the sons uh, had o- owned shares in the company when they were all in their 20s. And so what the other three brothers did was set up like an inquiry so that when Frederick walked into the room, they immediately confronted him and started trying to do an inquisition to see if he was gay. That is the Koch family. That, that's just the brothers.
2: Yeah, well, here's the Wait, thing. Like Nobody... when they like trot out a bunch of like hot like Cuban like cabana boys and see if he just <laughs> pounced. Like what, what is that?
0: You're <laughs> thinking of the Falwells right now. Uh, um, I know. Uh,
2: thank, are you. thank you. Thank you. Thank are. you.
0: No, the
1: Kochs did it, the bloodless corporate thing of bringing them into a room and just asking endless questions to try to get them to admit it.
0: Look, here's the thing. Nobody gets that good at oppressing marginalized aspects of society without putting in a lot of work. You know, <laughs> It's like the Ira Glass theory of creativity. Uh, you get into creative fields because you appreciate good work, but you can't produce good work yet. So the Koch brothers are really just getting in reps on their gay brother so that one day they'll produce a sort of national homophobia. That'll be widely appreciated. And because we live in hell, they succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Frederick ends up fucking off
1: and basically doing nothing with the business. He just owns his shares and is just passively rich in New York being associated with the arts because that is a career option. If you're wildly wealthy and then, uh, Charles got into the business David got into the business with him, and so did Bill. But it was a sort of a Charles and uh, David were always tied at the hip, and then Bill was always sort of the outcast of the group. Time moves along. The father's getting older and crazier as he goes, of course. And during this time, Charles and David become devotees of, well, they're very into fucking garbage Austrian economic policy, but they also become devotees of Robert Lefervre, who favored the abolition of the state but didn't like the label anarchist, he called himself an autarchist. I think it's pronounced
2: uh, devotees, actually.
1: (laughs) Lefevre liked to say that the government is a disease masquerading as its own cure. And in 1956, he opened an institution called the Freedom School in Colorado Springs. Great which town. is why Colorado Great Springs town. is a libertarian shithole to this day.
2: Is Colorado Springs where they uh, they don't have like streetlights anymore because they... That's the away. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also where Focus
1: on the Family was uh, mm. first located.
2: Yep. Isn't there an Air Force base there?
1: That's where the Air Force Academy is. It's the worst place I can imagine. In, in, in a beautiful mountain setting.
0: Imagine living that close to mountains and just getting no perspective at all. <laughs> That's really the power of God is that you can look at natural beauty... And start to ponder how it all formed for that one beautiful experiential moment. Or you can be like, damn, God's fucking wild. Anyway, mountains over there. Let's bomb some Yemenis. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: so by the 60s, uh, Fred Croke is thinking about Fred how Croke,
0: to. Fred yeah, he sure did. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Malapropism it... <laughs> into honestly worthless comedy. It's it's what we got, folks. You're this far in. So
1: Fred wants Charles to succeed him. And he actually even says he wants to succeed him or he wants to sell the company because he doesn't trust any other kids. And Charles, of course, it's assumed that would bring David with him. Um, So they're in their like late 20s, early 30s. And the family business is passing to um, Charles or supposed to. So Bill tries to take it. He gets run off. like He basically tries to hold like secret meetings at the board to try to take the company from them. God, if only you had succeeded Bill because Bill is a, a normal dumb rich guy uh, and he just doesn't want anything other than to be wildly wealthy. And that is a positive in this story.
0: Yeah, there, there's so, something to be said and this fits so many contexts. Uh, there's something to be said for shutting the fuck up. All, all respect to, um, what is it? Uh, Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, for example who wrote Fleabag season one, one of the most perfect artistic endeavors that has been embarked upon in like the last decade. And it's like, once you've done that, just shut the fuck up. You're good. You don't have to do all the liberal bullshit. You don't have to be a star Wars droid. Just like, that's fine. Like you've done an amazing (laughs) thing. Just live now. And that's how I feel about the Koch brothers. Like, He tells an anecdote. One of the Koch brothers told an anecdote at some fucking commencement speech. I was like, let me tell you how I got rich. Uh, I I bought like, uh, I bought two baby Ruth bars for a dollar and I sold them for a dollar each. And then I bought five baby Ruth bars with that profit. And then I bought 25. And I'll tell you what happened next is my dad gave me a hundred million dollar inheritance. So that's my path to being rich. (laughs) If he had just told that anecdote at commencement which i can't emphasize enough he really did uh yep that's david Koch. that's the dead and one and then fucked yeah. off that would be fine it
2: would have been fine that's,
0: that's fine. i actually That'd be a massive improvement it's not fair it's not right but like if you've got cheat codes activated because your dad stole nazi gold or whatever the fuck like okay that's the type of person i have space for in my universe just don't affect me please and it's just that they yeah, couldn't stop you, you can stop tell there. a
2: joke about it you know you can like sort of laugh and I'm gonna fuck off at Jeffrey Upside's island and like hang out for a while
0: yeah it works for both sides I don't have to care <laughs> I get to go do whatever war sex crimes that is very much a dividing line of the elites is war crime or sex crime I don't want to sort them right <laughs> now but it's a fun game you can play at home
2: it's like Bill Clinton good oof. luck with Bill he's a cypher yeah, yeah that's poof <laughs>
0: oh we're gonna play that game at some point the old war crime or sex crime
2: (laughs) henry kissinger the thing about john
0: mccain is he got both
1: yeah (laughs) uh those that's those are the top of their field the ones who managed to pull off both the low-end guys—they get sidetracked, and they just one or the other, and they get pigeonholed
0: forever. Damn, war crimes! The guys at the top of their game—war crimes and sex crimes. What is this? The entire Central Committee of the USSR? Look, <laughs> Bryn, listen to me. You know Barry existed. <laughs>
2: So Ronald Reagan probably did not commit any sex crimes while in office because he was Well, just real quick before I answer thousands. this, what
0: is, Physically capable? What is the yeah. status of his estate and how litigious are they? Before I answer that question. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, his one son is like liberal as shit, but he's been disowned. So I don't know how we get with that.
0: That doesn't make that son better in
1: my eyes. <laughs> so the... Cokes are having to deal with Succession. Bill tries to take
0: over.
3: Buddy, gets, after that uh, season push- finale, we all are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to shut the fuck up. Maybe kill myself. You guys go ahead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have this huge fight with Bill. Uh, both Charles and Fred do. Uh, and trying to force him out of the company. And trying to force him to sell at a super all his stock at a super low rate. Uh, he actually had this quote. Even her mother would call and say she would die unless I sold my stock at the cheaper price.
2: So what did the mother mother have to gain from that?
1: They just wanted Bill to shut the fuck up and sell the the stocks that the company could keep improving.
2: Oh my god.
1: Yeah. Listen, you don't marry the dude who fucking builds oil refineries for Nazis without being kind of fucked up yourself.
2: What did she marry him before it all went pear-shaped in Germany or after? I think that's important.
0: Did she marry him before when he was just like an out and out can Nazi? You, can hadn't you please say what you meant by going pear-shaped in Germany? <laughs>
2: <laughs> when there was still some plausible deniability, like when like Henry Ford was still doing business with him, or was it like full-on death camps like 1937-38?
1: Oh, he did multiple business with them through most of World War II. Oh my.
2: It's like, yeah. Wait, was it through World War II? Like, would not the U.S. government at some point had been like, hey, we're at war with them? That's him?
1: basically when he stopped, when they put a put a stop on it, when they were like, no companies can do business anymore. That's when he <laughs> Jesus. stopped.
3: Uh,
1: I, buddy, he's a fucking Nazi. Buddy, the amount
0: of current state and federal house reps that wear Hugo Boss suits, this is how we fucking do shit.
1: Yep. Anyway, so they're forcing out one of the Koch brothers' bill. They sue back and forth for a while the reason this is important is because all like all of the good info for some, for some for some of the for some of the shady shit that they did in the 70s and 80s comes from his civil suit uh but he ended up selling his shares in 1983 uh in a settlement and got like 700 million dollars out of that
2: oh poor guy
1: the one who was forced out yeah that's rough. terrible
3: yeah
2: okay
1: so at this point Charles and David are running the company. Charles is the main one. Um, David is helping him with everything, though. David lives in New York, uh, is pretty into like the socialite circle. Charles, uh, who is full sociopath, lives in Wichita, and has fucking a personal security team and all this other shit. So they're full libertarians, and in the 70s, they start getting more into politics. And this is where the whole political influence thing gets kicked off. Uh, so first we had... Charles ended up working on a uh, uh, so he was like one of the energy advisors for the president for Jimmy Carter, actually, and actively attempted to kill the energy department from forming like that was when it happened. That's when all those laws passed.
0: It must feel so good, Brett, like, Brad, do you ever think about this? Like, he must have there's things you can do where you can justify them. In fact, that's most things most people do, right? They do them, they act and they backwards justify why that was the right thing to do. And your brain is plastic enough that you'll, you'll find it and cognitive dissonance is so painful that like,
2: I mean, that's an evolutionary trait.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, There's a certain amount of like, things you can justify. But when you are in charge of an oil company and you're like, I think we should kill the energy department because they're representing the people who don't want us to essentially ruin their natural resources and destroy their living space and water. You had to have had a a dark come to Jesus moment where you go in this one mortal life I have, I'm going to play the villain and I'm deciding in 1972 now that I'm going to be okay Mm -hmm. with it
2: engage
0: the amount of like, like I'm nobody, but I have this weird internal compass where I, I tilt towards trying if the opportunity presents itself to be a good person. And I imagine it would just be so much less stressful. And my purpose would be so much more clear and singular. If I could just have that moment where I go like, you know what, I'll be dead in 40 years and i'm going to spend all that time making sure i fuck over every single person and i don't care. And isn't that what this person kind of successfully did? That's why i'm i'm not as enthusiastic on this fuck eulogy because in the 70s you're saying he figured out i'm just going to be bad for my own pleasure. I want i yep. want to destroy democratic protectionist organizations that are funded by the people and acting with the will of the people in whatever sham democracy currently exists. I'm going to make it worse just for me. He just was born on a silk sheet and slid down frictionless into the grave.
1: Yes, (laughs) honestly. Yes. But was so fucking concerned constantly with making sure to improve his own position. uh, and stopping even in cases where it wasn't going to personally affect him stopping other people from doing good things for
2: the people at large in this country yeah Yeah, really anyone yeah yeah, it was it was like i'm born rich i am i i I will never want for anything i'm insanely wealthy one of the most wealthy humans in you know humans in the world history and i don't want anyone to have clean drinking water like i (laughs) that's that's (laughs) bold like you
1: know it is at this point, so Charles is getting involved with the, the uh, Carter administration. David Koch is so full libertarian that he actually ran as the party candidate, libertarian party candidate for president. And
2: what was the name of that party, Brett?
1: Oh, I don't have that. Do you?
2: Yeah, it was called the Tea Party. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, there you uh, go. Yeah. He, oh, we'll,
1: we'll circle back to that. Yeah,
2: but he, he when stuff, he yeah. was interviewed at the time, he would say, We are going to throw a Tea Party uh in the united states government
1: (laughs) (sighs) it's almost like they've
2: been propagating
1: these ideas for the last 50 years yeah
2: yeah it's almost like it came about and i have uh, yeah get to the tea party stuff because yes we'll get there
1: so this is 1980 he runs for david dead boy uh ran as the libertarian party candidate for president got crushed less than one percent of the vote as usually happens for third party candidates so this is when David decides, like, fuck this. I'm going to work on behind the scenes politics because like the, all the quotes are things along the lines of like, oh, well, politicians are just uh, actors. I'd rather be the one writing the script. It's like, oh, someone's not mad about getting crushed in the polls, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the 80s is an important decade for this because it's basically when they decide to focus heavily on the behind the scenes political shit. Um, before that, they had done what I'm going to describe as Regular evil billionaire shit where uh, they gave money to a few think tanks and were being libertarians, just absolutely fucking focused on trying to change things in academic departments. Right. They didn't actually have lobbyists at that point. They didn't engage that aggressively. Um, They did help found the Cato Institute in the fucking 70s. So thanks for that one. I think Charles is still on their board to this day. In the 80s, they take a turn towards being very, very aggressive and building out their this like sort of behind the scenes political wing that they have. One of the things that caused that was one, David loses uh, in his election bid, gets crushed trying to do like conventional political shit. And two, and this one's a big one, uh, and this is an amazing story. In the late 80s, the Senate realized that oil companies were robbing Native Americans. And they were doing it by, uh, they would come to pick up the oil from Native American well, Native American owned wells on reservations. And they would basically short on the receipt how much they had gotten. So they would, excuse me, not short, they would skim off of it. So they would say like, uh, there's say 10 barrels, they'd claim they got nine and a half, right? And then they would just pocket the other half and sell it for pure profit. And they were doing it because most of the, well, one, Racism, right? And two, because the Native American tribes didn't really have much in the way of an accounting department. Shocking, I know. And they just accepted at face value that these big companies weren't going to fuck them over. Well, that was their so, first mistake. <laughs> I know. So the Senate gets full on into this investigation in the late 80s. They realize that more than anybody else, the Cokes have been falsifying tickets and taking more oil than it paid for. The Cokes have been robbing Native Americans of fucking oil uh the the one resource they have to sell so that they can get richer they later admitted this we got from when bill sued them in civil court they later admitted that they collected 10 million each year without
2: paying for it 10 million dollars worth of it of crude oil each year that this is in the fucking 80s i mean it's fine it's good if someone finally put those native americans in their place i mean right so, but the city is actually doing their job. They they're they're seeing there's something sketchy going on there.
1: They're sending out investigators. And one of the main ones is this guy, Balin. And he said, other oil companies were so frustrated with the Cokes that they allowed Balin's investigators to access the private land, set up surveillance and coke employees as they picked up oil so that they could help them. <laughs> And the FBI agent who was attached to this actually did that. He set up on, like, nearby oil company land because they fucking hated the Cokes for stealing so much and getting away with it and just took pictures behind herds of cattle so he could get them falsifying documents. <laughs> the Senate is coming hard after the Cokes at this point. They're like, oh, these are definitely the dudes robbing Native Americans. This is fucked up. Fuck these guys. Uh, this is eighty-eight, eighty-nine, And this is, like, a big wake-up call for Charles and David. Because they felt like they were being scapegoated. Remember, they're 100% doing this. They, they have admitted to this. They are 100% stealing this oil.
2: But they're, they're, getting, they're getting blamed more than the next guy. Anybody else. Yeah.
1: Because they're doing it way more than everyone else is to an insane degree. Right? Like it's a fundamental part of their business. Uh, so they claimed that they got scapegoated because they hadn't been doing aggressive lobbying or more politicking. Right? Like that's their lesson from this is like the reason the Senate's coming after us is because we haven't put enough money into politics
0: every day. That's actually true. That's why like single mothers can't get their aid in Florida. Literally. Yep. They don't put enough money into politics. Well, should have had more speech, bitch. Sorry that all men aren't born equal. (laughs) America. Quote 1776.
1: (laughs) They immediately go, all right, so we got to stop the Senate investigation because otherwise we're going to go to jail. That was on the line, is that one or both of them would go to jail if the Senate investigation was allowed to complete normally. So they immediately were like, fuck this. We got to get super heavily involved in, in metal. So first thing they do is they send a, a group of auditors to one of the tribes, the Osage tribe, tribe in Oklahoma. And they told them about these allegations. And they were like, hey, we're going to review these receipts. And the tribe... Doesn't have their own accountants. So they just accepted that the what the accountants that the Koch brothers sent were doing, were true. So when the Koch Industries completed its audit, it's a direct quote, the company returned to Tillman, the guy who was head of the tribe, with surprising news. Koch Industries had not been stealing oil. In fact, the company found that it's been overpaying the tribe. And our audit, the, the audit they did, showed that the tribe actually owed Koch Industries about $22,000. Whoa! Uh, oh, and they also, the auditors also managed to get the federal authorities at the Bureau of Indian Affairs to back this up, right? Like, this is what they're telling the tribe leader. And he was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, I guess we were wrong. My bad. And so that's the first thing they do. They, they convince the tribe that you're not being robbed. And then they got them to put out a press release saying like, oh, you know what? I think the coke, bro, I think the coke industry is being unfairly targeted here. So that's the first thing they did to fight this investigation. The second thing they did. Was they immediately started throwing a shitload of money at Bob Dole, who is a Kansas senator. Not even
2: joking. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole.
0: That guy was great because I was young when he ran, but I still knew his dick didn't work. And if that's not democracy, if that's not the role of the media and the fourth (laughs) estate in a representative
2: democracy, I don't know what is. Never forget that Bob Dole did a Pepsi commercial uh, after he'd gotten the uh, Viagra sponsorship. So did Kendall Jenner, but we
0: forgave her. And I feel like the same should be true for Bob.
2: (laughs) Uh, It was Britney, like a 19 or 20 year old Britney Spears dancing. And it ended with uh, Bob Dole sitting on a couch being like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh,
3: my
1: God. First, they convince the Native Americans that they're not being robbed by lying to them with accountants. Second, they give Bob Dole a shitload of money. And they even David Koch, the one who's dead now, in the late 90s, they've already sworn off being in conventional politics, agreed to be the vice chairman of Dole's presidential campaign against bill clinton in 96 that's how much they fucking like to help out bob dole so bob dole works within the senate to delegitimize the whole oil theft thing because hey these native americans are saying they didn't get robbed why the fuck are we even doing this bob dole is pushing that one then they gave a former coke employee who is super super indoctrinated a whole nonprofit wing in oklahoma called oklahomans for judicial excellence And up until the point nobody had ever done this, it started grading local judges based on their fealty to free market economic theory. And they would send out scorecards for state judges measuring how well their verdicts conformed with the teachings of Friedrich Hayek and Ludwig von Mises, which are Austrian economists. Two
0: normal sounding, not foreboding names. (laughs) In the dark, I'm willing to commit my entire ideology to whatever these guys say. And also, judges should consider economics for no reason at all when trying to treat human bodies with justice and fairness. All this checks out. So they would
1: push all these rankings and various opinion articles uh, because you can just pay opinion writers to do that. Sure can. Yep. Not only do they start doing public rankings for the judges in Oklahoma uh, and doing this grading system, then they sponsored a series of seminars that the judges could attend if they got poor grades. And the seminars were always in ski resorts yeah, or yeah. beachfront
2: condos. I, I'm sure the uh, the spread was fantastic at these. Uh, and,
1: and they'd hold lectures that emphasize the importance of market forces in society. And Warner gets the considerations of things like junk science that plaintiffs often use to prove corporate malfeasance. Now they're going after the judicial system. It's first we got to make sure someone in the Senate saying the whole reason that this investigation exists is bullshit. Then we're going to try to get some fucking more friendly judges Because if it gets that point, we don't want to go to prison. Then they get helped out a lot by the head investigator who's working with the FBI agent I mentioned who was part of the one who found them out. The FBI guy moved to Florida. Once again, Florida fucking all of us. And he has later said he's he's sorry that he transferred because he knows if he had stuck around, he could have made sure Charles and David had gone to jail. (sighs) Don't say that, man. The one time the FBI guy could have done some good.
0: Look. Uh, I, I, maybe it's just me being cynical with like the lens of 2019, but I don't trust the FBI to keep the people that they send to jail actually in jail, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm saying Jeffrey Epstein was assassinated.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, we all, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So they're doing
1: this investigation of the Cokes. So the head investigator loses her main co investigator, then her boss leaves to run for office and who gets to replace him but a senator the cokes were paying at that point right they they put a, a new guy in charge who slows down the investigation then uh at that point they had to put all their lobbyists what uh, senator was that nichols oklahoma senator yeah,
0: yeah this... oklahoma gets so then, a senator when did that happen they get two who fucking thought that up they must have had syphilis and been drunk all the time what's that i'm being told that actually was the founding fathers all right <laughs> well fuck it then continue <laughs> At this point, they
1: have it's down to basically one woman doing the investigation. They have largely killed it in the Senate. It's just sort of trucking along on its own. And then it comes before a judge pretty early on, who happens to be one of the guys who was always goes to their various uh conferences for judges, who had been appointed by one of the senators that they were paying. Don't, say, again.
2: don't say this is Scalia. Stop.
1: No, it's not. It wasn't Scalia. It's Leonard. It's a guy named Judge Leonard. And he immediately dismisses it, says that there's no real issue here. Can you imagine how
0: shit of a fucking jurist you are? That someone goes like, all right, Judge Leonard did a thing. Do you think that your decision will be better or worse than Judge fucking Leonard? And Scalia universally was worse. Yep. He takes the average, (laughs) overachieving, under-talented white jurist and somehow being a... as well (laughs) which really is sort of the cheat code for underperformance manages to get there it's just incredible credit to Scalia also since we're on SCOTUS (laughs) talk credit to Clarence Thomas like they can't fire you so why not just stop working on day one (laughs) he's like doing praxis in a weird way that alienates every person of color but you know he is kind of fucking his boss. It's just that the boss is the American people and all of our rights in this case.
1: <laughs> it's true. Uh, okay, so they they managed to kill this entire Senate investigation, and this is the game plan that they use from here on out, right? You heavily pay senators to help you out. You influence judges to make sure that they don't fuck you when it makes it to court. Uh, you kill anything by having enough lobbyists that you can get people appointed that are already your political ally. So that's the playbook they take from there on out. So the lessons they learn from the 80s are we need to be fully in control of the political system in any way, shape or form possible.
0: Uh, yeah, that's actually really good advice and something that socialists should fucking take
1: oh this is good to know for how they did the influence you're you're not going to counter it and you're not going to be able to do something similar if you don't get it
0: yeah they're really smart though um the cokes because by doing citizens united and then following it up with janice to like gimme fucking cases like they have defanged their major competitor because if money if money is speech how can you beat them exactly and then like, I know people in New York that simply are not contributing to their unions anymore and still getting the health care. And unfortunately, the whole story of humanity and the universe in general is that energy flows through the path of least resistance always. So, yep. fuck. Did we lose? Well, I mean, well, I mean, probably Trotsky would, would probably say that, like, we've lost in the sense that. Yeah, the, just the idea that trade unionism was going to lead to any sort of universalist international socialism is deranged. And so, I mean, Janice and Citizens United are fucking horrible now. But if I have to search for like some sort of upside, it's that the idea of trade unionism as building a, some sort of council communism or federalist socialist, like, it, that's just clearly not going to happen in America at least. So let's build an international proletariat and get them some sort of representation, huh?
1: Word. Okay. So we're at the point now where let's just talk about how their political network worked and who was involved in how they did things. So first of all, they, they helped found the Cato Institute. Like I mentioned, freedom works is one of theirs. Mm. Um, they're huge donors to heritage foundation, federal society, mercatus institute they actually helped set up the mercatus institute cool. um at yep uh they had another one that i'll talk about in a second concerned veterans for america that's one of theirs as well they sat on the board of directors for both aspen institute and cato and their big big advocacy wing the one that they use the most is americans for prosperity mm. and we can talk about them for a second because this is how tea party I just,
0: stuff I, I, in. i'll shut the fuck up i promise now but like why the fuck is George Soros not cool like the Koch brothers?
2: Oh, yeah. No shit. I wish George Soros was what everyone on the right thinks he is. Like, that'd be fucking great. It doesn't
0: make sense. We, we, wouldn't, be,
2: we wouldn't be in the world we're in if he was. Yeah.
0: We actually we joke about it, but Soros doesn't support us or any other podcast. Right. Like, for people at our level, it's just blue It's chew it's Blue Chew and, and Hezbollah. That's like our 2 It's been that way for a while. Whereas if you are racist enough and recording the audio, you will get like a Cato Institute grant or something. Right. So one of
1: the big uh, political arms that they've, the Kochs have used is Americans for Prosperity. They were the ones who essentially funded all of the Tea Party organizations. Uh, they paid some of the people to go for the original ones. They would pay for people to do the leadership, organize it, create the schedule, get the permits for all the different Tea Party protests. Uh, They would send out, Reminders—they'd have people come knock on your door, like they'd pay for door knockers. Oh, that's what
2: America's. I want to go go even farther on that because I, I I vividly remember all of this. Remember that guy at the Chicago Stock Exchange got up, and it was on like CNBC or something like that, and he screamed. All right, and that was like the go sign, like that triggered everything. That day. Every single like middle to large size city in the country had an individual website made by the same fucking company with the same fucking WordPress layout. And it all said from freedomworks.com that was an organized meetup that was always like in the parking lot of a Walmart or something like that. But this all went live on the same day and like they had. You know, and they had, like, Fox News talking about this, like, incredibly organic, like, thing that had just sprung up, which somehow is all produced by the same people and has the same, like, layout and fucking website design. And MSNBC, which is, you know, obviously transparently horse at the time, but, like, MSNBC and CNN were like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, these, these citizens are really rising up against... You know Barack Obama's <laughs> like bailout of GM and like you know whatever, and it was so fucking transparent. And I'll never forget arguing. Like, God damn it! Like I was arguing with someone on the internet about this back when I cared about things, and uh, I linked Buddy, him. to you're like, on the, a socialist these,
0: podcast. Don't pretend you don't care about things. This is a huge
2: <laughs> non sequitur if you don't actually care about things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I like to tell myself I don't care, so it, it makes the pills work better. But um. Like and like he I just pointed out to him I was like, listen, all of these websites from like Sacramento to like Toledo are made by the same company and they all came out on the same day. And his response was just like, I mean, yeah, that's you know, that's interesting. That's a coincidence. But and it's just like God, what the what the fuck do <laughs> no, you do? Like <laughs>
1: that's not how organizing works. Yeah, nope. no.
2: That's why I mean we got like but then the, the the response to that was like the they made up a term for it. They called it what astroturfing. And then like all the libs yeah. were like, Ha, gotcha. We've branded a new term, like you guys astroturf this Oh fuck, we just lost the House and the Senate. Like, oh well. Coke remember Brothers. how we
0: just got a blue wave that was gonna fix everything and everyone came out and voted for the blue wave? Do you guys remember that? That just happened.
2: Remember remember <laughs> when uh Nancy Pelosi said they'd like impeach it when they got fifty percent of the house Dems, and that was like thirty Dems ago. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Any day now. One day. So
1: that's uh, Americans for prosperity, their main arm. Uh, helped astroturf turf the tea party. They also massive, massive backers for Scott Walker uh, specifically through <laughs> Americans for prosperity. Walker. So they, they spent like 3 million <laughs> uh, in the recall campaign against Walker. They sent 75 canvassers to Wisconsin to help after Walker passed that signature legislation, the one that limited collective bargaining, they ran uh, Americans for our prosperity, ran advertisements and held town hall meetings with the theme. It's working Wisconsin.
2: Uh, we, are, and then are we talking about how somebody called into a radio show where Scott Walker was, uh, giving an interview and just said they were David Coke. And, uh, <laughs> Scott Walker <laughs> yes. was like, Oh, hello, David. Hey, how are you doing? Anyway, I'm, I'm doing exactly, <laughs> Hey, this fucking happened. Like, and he was like, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do, sir. Thank you. And like, yeah, I'm Bob from fucking like Saginaw, like eat a dick bitch. <laughs> like <laughs>
1: that was amazing so they were massive massive scott walker backers that's actually why people thought originally scott was gonna win instead of trump uh
2: oh do you remember things changed. do you remember that presidential debate where like Mm -hmm. scott walker was clearly like took a look at what was going on around him and realized that he wasn't gonna win shit and he dropped out the next day like you know say what you want about that piece of shit he read the room and he was like, this is full of crazy town and I don't have a place here at all. When they were like doing alternatively,
1: the, the money read the room. And yeah. since that dude was always a whore for the dollars.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They told him to sit down. This wasn't your time.
1: America's for prosperity. So other ways they've influenced things is to give massive quantities of money. The Koch brothers did and do now it's just Coke guy, Charles, because David's fucking dead. Hallelujah. But so other things they do is they give massive pots of money to universities, mostly to manipulate economics departments. Rob, this is for you because I thought you'd enjoy this particular Mm -hmm. one. One of those universities was Florida State. In 2011, Uh, the Koch Foundation uh, made a a grant of $1.5 million to Florida State in exchange for allowing the foundation, via a committee, to approve hiring decisions in the university's economics department for a program that promotes, quote, political economy and free enterprise.
0: Here's the thing. I spent well, no, because this is serious. I spent two years in a lab. There was tests on the different parts, the hippocampus, the amygdala. I literally did a dissection of like a a brain, and we had access to cadaver skulls and all that. Because at the time, I thought I was majoring in biology, but I didn't realize until I walked. Um, I have an economics degree now. And that's thanks to the Cokes
3: so, <laughs>
0: and Florida State University. So I, have, in this case, I owe a debt of gratitude to them.
1: So it's one of the many universities that they did this. They, they, they got to pick and choose who the economics professors were going to be so long as they promoted basically libertarian bullshit. I will say the one positive is the FSU students protested it. And managed to get them to the economics department to back off some of this. After a years and years, of course.
3: Yeah, but
2: are there, like, any economics professors anywhere right now that aren't just fucking, like, huge rand assholes?
1: Yes, there's a few. The new school actually has some of the best ones.
0: Oh, yeah. The, the new school is the... It's an unfortunate paradox. It costs, like, 50 grand a semester to go there. But they are full on, like, their economics classes are like, okay, so... Does currency have a gender? Yes. <laughs> is it knowable? No. Welcome, welcome to Econ One Hundred and One. It's a great school. Like I cannot recommend the new school enough.
1: Okay. So one of the other things the Cokes did uh, within their influence campaign is they actually helped fund the Third Way for a little bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so when you say Third Way, like who specifically?
1: Neurontin, baby. Ugh. so they also funded the third way briefly in 2006 because they were concerned that the dims were going to threaten free trade. They used third way to promote free trade to the dims. So the third way issued a report titled quote, why Lou Dobbs is winning. Uh, <laughs> and the report warned of a new and powerful populist strain that has emerged on both the left and the right that threatened to turn the nation fearful and inward third way, baby. I mean, that wasn't wrong. <laughs> Okay, so they funded that. They've been massive, 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 massive funders of any climate change denial, more than Exxon. So like I mentioned, with the climate change stuff, they helped uh, fight against the energy department even becoming a thing, continue to fight it for years. And within a three-year span, before they got to hide all their money, this was the early 2000s, they spent just by themselves about 20, $25 million on organizations against climate reform of any kind they killed every single time cap and trade has come up they've killed it uh this last election cycle 2018 when there were multiple state ballot measures that would actually do something with climate reform they massively lobbied against all of them so that colorado washington uh i think there was one other but those two i know for sure had climate change bills on the state ballot and both got killed because of massive massive spending by the Kochs. it's not great Some of the recent shit that they've done before he kicked the bucket, they started uh, they've been talking about funding incumbent Democrats because they're so terrified of AOC and any other people like AOC. Yeah,
2: they are terrified of AOC.
1: They explicitly have said we don't want any more AOCs. Maybe we should give money to incumbent Dems because we know those fucking cowards won't stop us, which is true. That's just them recognizing the position they're in. Um, Other recent stuff. They had to close one of their Georgia Pacific plants, one of their many subsidiaries, due to a massive EPA fine. This was in 2018. In order to get a fine from an EPA that's that big under Trump administration, like you have to be straight up poisoning people, which I assume is what was happening. They, uh, so they're huge funders of Daily Wire as well, which is the Ben Shapiro rag. Uh, so one of their other big pet projects besides climate change and ensuring that we all die is killing public transit because they're oil barons. We can't rely on public transit. So they have killed a ton of shit. Uh, they led the charge in stopping a $5.4 billion transit plan in Nashville that had even been backed by a coalition at the city's business community. They came in and got that killed. Uh, they managed to get stuff killed in Arkansas, Michigan, and Utah. But I will say one positive. Recently, they tried to do the same thing in Phoenix because they're expanding the light rail there. It's okay. It's like one line. They're trying to actually make it a real thing. And uh, the Kochs funded heavily to kill it. And the voters basically told to fuck off. That was pretty recent. That was like a year ago.
2: Hey, good job,
1: Phoenix. They are funding each and everything they possibly can to essentially make the world into a place that funds them explicitly. There's no ideological thing here. They'll claim it's libertarian, but... That has nothing to do with it. All they care about is making money, being richer and richer. And this motherfucker was one of the main two people pushing it. Possibly have destroyed the world in the process. They are the main reason that the one most viable cap and trade bill that has ever come up got murdered. They are the main people who killed it. Even Exxon was like, ah, I don't know if we're going to mess with this one. They got it for you. It's one of those things where, like, you can read Dante's Inferno and hear about what crimes someone committed to reach a level of hell, and none of them compare to this. people, especially
0: these two fucking brothers.
2: I mean, Judas, even be- Judas was pretty bad, like, if you're believing that.
0: I mean, Pope, Pope Pius III tried saying that Italians were white. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: oh my god it's incredible that he's dead it's a genuine net good for society it's it's hard to understand how much of a positive it is to have these people out of the fucking universe and not doing these yeah, things anymore buddy, the it's last great, time you
0: saw a positive the, uh, that definitive was when you got your
2: STD test <laughs> am I right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can't test positive if you don't get tested am I right? <laughs> 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 to all future employers i did not actually just say that um what in case in case your employer
0: is like no no here at the genius bar we only hire virgins oh shit like what is that scenario where a boss is like well i listened to your guest appearance on dumb and awful mostly fine but the one objectionable thing i found is is it really true that you fuck
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> we here at the daily wire do not uh promote mm. having sex buddy look all of us here at the
0: amazon fulfillment center contribute to hezbollah that's not gonna be a stumbling <laughs> block but this bit about when are you having sex
3: and again
2: <laughs> and again that brings me right back to blue <laughs> bluechew.com.
0: no
1: i was gonna say you guys made a perfect circle for this episode uh, Damn, well done. honor
2: of Tool releasing their new album. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. that, that album is fucking garbage <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, but that's that's what I've got for this. I, it's incredible that he's dead. The weight of evil of being raised by a Nazi lover who got Nazi gold, uh, who literally stole oil from Native Americans and then paid off every single political group that came after him. Uh it's, it's astonishing what level of evil two people, two men could accomplish. And one of them is finally fucking dead.
2: And the reaction from like the, the online, right, you know, whatever that means of like, well, he was a huge philanthropist. And of course the left is shitting on someone who's donated so much to the fucking arts. Like who gives a shit? We're all dead in 10 years because of what he did.
1: Yep, and in this one, David specifically was the guy who lived in New York, so he loved to be at the top of the social scene in New York, which means being the yes, biggest the donor. The fountains
0: outside biggest... the Met are the Coke fountains. The Metropolitan mm-hmm. Museum of New York, Goldman Sachs, go by the way, them. sponsors the Rose, uh, fucking Rose Observatory at the Hayden Planetarium. So, like, yeah, that's how exactly. money works.
1: That, that has nothing to do with absolving him of any of this like stuff. A, and even some of them some of those funds he's managed to use to leverage against them. Like he's funded the Smithsonian a little bit and has leveraged it to make sure that no historical thing talks about climate.
0: Yeah, don't tell uh our rich friends that we said this, but every not for profit museum are totally beholden to their donors and will do anything to keep them hundred like, percent. The philanthropic gestures should be given no actual moral credit. Because it just, it's another way of exerting control over a narrative, only in this case it reaches back to time and has the imprimatur of the fucking historical institutions such as the Metropolitan Museum, the MoMA, the Natural History Museum, like this is just a way where with enough money you can change the fabric of reality and that is one of the premises of capitalism, so I don't know why I'm surprised, but I'm certainly fucking frustrated.
2: I mean, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a pretty yeah, good statement.
0: No, I was going to say, it,
1: the other part of nonprofits that's incredibly dangerous is they are also amazing vehicles for conservatives to undercut the entire concept of government helping people, which is what they use them for constantly. Why do we need this? We have people who donate money. We don't need the government to do these things for people we have people who donate money right you know you think so, about
2: like the curse of like you know the what's uh well i mean this is like a broad statement but basically like you take your like generic african country that has some substantial problems and you flood it with nonprofits. and it's like hey we're doing this thing we're doing like the bare minimum but like yes you're also subverting like legitimate government institutions from
0: non-robot country. makes a yep. very uh good point i think and uh, these are also the safety nets This is the millionaire social safety net, I guess billionaire in this case, is the museums and not-for-profits are so beholden to you, the think tanks, right, that you guarantee step one and step two employment for all of your horrible progeny. Like everyone can go to Columbia and then go immediately to the Center for American Progress.
1: But yeah, the nonprofit excuse doesn't fly, especially if you possibly murdered everyone on the planet. I don't really give a fuck what good things you did. Yeah that one massive evil will literally know that
0: that's why that's why i thought that the coke sort of resignation or acceptance of i'm a villain was so frightening and powerful because all the other billionaires we have like take jack from twitter they can't escape they're just woke enough and of a generation that they know that this is not fair or right and that's why you see like Jack develop an eating disorder and go get <laughs> <Yeah>. meaningfully <laughs> stung by mosquitoes <laughs> in some Peruvian cave with a shaman that just Jack is horribly calls him tortured. slurs like, when <laughs> you can't understand them. Like it's, <laughs> it's all these guys end up getting into this shit because they know that there's something that's just inherently unequal that they were born to the same world. But this is very much not fair. Coke seemed blissfully unaware of that reality. <laughs>
1: It's yes. The maybe that's what happens when you're raised by a Nazi nanny. Maybe that's
0: what that's what it does for you.
2: And who who was having them poop on schedule like famously? Well, I can
0: relate to that because Brett makes me do this pot at seven thirty no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wouldn't been better if you said shit. I'll be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Can we be done? I feel like I've spent most of my adult life in this pod. Awesome. I'm not editing yeah, this shit all right thanks everyone it's dumb and awful this is brett
1: at everyone's Board. rob is with us at dumb and awful and brad at fizz for come on and join the discord and then we do bonus episodes on patreon and i also stream if you want to see the stuff that rob is cutting on twitch
0: oh yeah we do bonus episodes on twitch so if you want to see it live go for it all
1: right thanks everybody